This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, October 22nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Cal OSHA tweaks COVID-19 rules. Water rights in spotlight. Bozeman not bound by ag spending and permanent commodity programs. Cal OSHA board drafts COVID-19 extension. California Standards Board's Governing Workplace Safety is posted for public comment. Draft regulations that would extend COVID-19 temporary protections next year. During a hearing for the board yesterday, Farm Group shared concerns over changes to the rules. They worried about adding a significant amount of employer-provided testing for the virus. I've been talking to employers who are having difficulty getting testing right now, said California Farm Bureau Labor Affairs Director Brian Little, adding that this could exacerbate supply chain problems. He shared the same concerns about new requirements for HEPA filtration systems. The new regulations would also maintain paid sick leave requirements after a state law providing extra sick leave expired last month. Staff members asserted the changes are very limited just to address the latest science on the Delta variant and the most recent public health recommendations. Will the drought lead to an overhaul of water rights? Interests may be rising in the legislature for modernizing California's water rights system. That, according to Anna Havel Mendez, who directs legislative affairs at the state water board. She was responding to concerns over water rights at a joint meeting of state and regional water boards yesterday. A huge amount of money from the private sector is buying up water rights, particularly in the San Joaquin Valley, said Los Angeles board member Jim Stahl, who felt the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act is pitting ag against urban areas. Melendez pointed out that lawmakers drafted SGMA in response to the last drought. The new conversation here does seem to be about water rights, she said, noting that the legislature allocated $30 million for upgrading the water rights data system. What that says to me is that we do see interest in the legislature in wanting to discuss and figure out how we modernize these systems. Stabenow hopeful on ag provisions. Democratic leaders on Capitol Hill insist they are getting closer to a deal on President Biden's Build Back Better plan. Senator Joe Manchin, one of the two key moderate Democrats, told reporters yesterday the talks were, quote, making good progress. But he also said he didn't expect a deal anytime soon. For agriculture, a key question is how much money will be in the final bill for conservation and other climate-related provisions. The House's $3.5 trillion package has more than $90 billion for agriculture. Senate Agriculture Committee Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow of Michigan told reporters she hopes that any cuts to the ag provisions will be limited. She said the ag provisions would provide, quote, a lot of emissions reductions. Now take note. Top Republican of the committee, John Bozeman of Arkansas, told AgriPulse in a Washington Weekend Review interview that he wouldn't feel bound to follow those spending provisions when the committee writes the next farm bill. Bozeman said he would seek input from industry stakeholders and then we're going to do whatever the consensus is best for farmers. 
they may or may not be the same thing that's in there now. Keep in mind, the spending proposals for Climate Smart Ag are broadly in line with recommendations made by the Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance, a largely industry coalition. House Ag Chair, I'll consider permanent farm programs. The chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Chairman David Scott of Georgia, promised yesterday to work with a Republican colleague on making the Farm Bill commodity programs permanent law. Scott made the pledge in response to a question by a fellow Georgian on the committee, Austin Scott, who's no relation. The chairman did not elaborate on his thinking. Making the Title I programs permanent would have far-reaching implications because it would ease the pressure on Congress to pass farm bills every five years or so. Under the current law, a 1949 law kicks in unless Congress acts to extend the Title I commodity programs when a farm bill expires. Allowing that 1949 law to take effect is unthinkable because of the impact that it would have, most notably by dramatically increasing support prices for milk. Bozeman told AgriPulse he thinks it's a good idea for Congress to regularly reevaluate the commodity programs to see how well they're working. FSA rejects employees' appeal for VAX exemption. The Farm Service Agency has rejected a request by an association representing FSA employees for an exemption from the federal government's vaccine mandate. The National Association of FSA County Office Employees asked last month that county office employees be allowed to choose regular testing instead of vaccination. But FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau said he fully supports President Joe Biden's executive order requiring vaccines for federal employees. Vaccines have been proven to be safe, highly effective, easy to administer, and in most cases are free of charge, Ducheneau said in a letter to NASCO President Marcinda Kester, which NASCO made public yesterday. It is imperative that we do all we can to protect not only the health and safety of our workforce, but also the population that we serve. NASCO represents about 6,700 employees nationwide. Here's today's She Said It. One good rainfall does not a drought cure. That Jennifer Faring, a lobbyist for the Community Alliance with Family Farmers. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, October 22nd. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West... I'm Jeff Nally.